quick note, there is some cursing in this episode, so you've been warned. Not long ago, I was on a flight to San Juan. I was sitting on the left side of the plane, with a clear view over the orange glow of streetlights and traffic below. And as the wheels touched down, everyone who was grateful to be back in Puerto Rico applauded, as we always do. And then, while we were sitting there, taxiing or whatever, I heard someone just a few rows behind me start to sing. I rushed to record it on my phone. A few people craned their necks, a few stood up. Every passenger was under a spell, listening to Preciosa, the most Puerto Rican of songs, come from nowhere. I was flying to Puerto Rico to do some reporting for the second season of La Brega, a season about music where every episode will be based on a different Puerto Rican song. And right away, I get this musical blessing on a plane. Magic. Puerto Rico está cabrón. Everyone knows that Puerto Rico está cabrón, that Puerto Rico is fucking awesome, because Bad Bunny has been saying it. And everybody is singing along. The biggest artist in the world right now doesn't just happen to be Puerto Rican. He's uncompromisingly Boricua refusing to change his language or his accent. Tell me, how do you sum up, like, the past year or so for you? Always talking about us, always bragging about us. He's sharing so much of Puerto Rico as he tops the charts over and over and over again. Bad Bunny. Bad Bunny. Bad Bunny. Bad Bunny! Bad Bunny. He's changed pop music and made it ours. The chart-topping rapper from Puerto Rico was just named Apple Music's Artist of the Year. Well-deserved, too. In some ways, this isn't new. As an island that's just 100 by 35 miles, we've consistently punched above our weight. Puerto Rican music has long been everywhere, from the boleros that get people to sway to the reggaeton that makes them grind. We write lyrics so lovely that they're sung all over the world. We perform at the Super Bowl and we sweep at the Grammys. And I say we because when someone Puerto Rican takes the stage, it can feel as if your own cousin were up there. Benito! Congratulations. The VMA MTV Award Artist of the Year. Represented for the Boricuas. And all that music is doing a lot. Tucked into the lyrics are stories about who we are and what we want, about Puerto Ricanness and what that means. That's as true of Bad Bunny's songs as it is about Preciosa, the song from the plane. So this season, we're looking at ourselves through our music, iconic songs that tell us about home and what it means to stay or leave, songs that teach us about race and belonging, 
or about freedom and our bodies. Songs about losing what should be ours and fighting for it. And we should start, actually, with Preciosa. It's really the unofficial anthem, more meaningful to many of us, including to the plain singer, Maiso, than the actual anthem. That's what he told me at baggage claim. Preciosa is about how beautiful Puerto Rico is. Mi borinquen hermosa. It's like a love song to a place, instead of to a lover. Preciosa te llaman las olas The waves from the sea that bathe you call you preciosa because you are a delight. You are an Eden. I will always call you preciosa. Siempre la llamaré preciosa. I have this recording from July of 2019 in Old San Juan of thousands of people singing preciosa at a protest to get rid of the governor. They were singing the Mark Anthony cover. There's a long part at the end that he improvises, a soneo. It's epic. This has been the iconic version of the song for over 20 years, after he recorded it for a television music special from Banco Popular in 1998. He's in a kind of 1940s costume, pocket watch and everything, in a kitschy fake living room in front of a piano. Nothing about it feels authentic, except for Mark Anthony's passion for Puerto Rico. The man sounds like his soul is on fire. The original version was written in 1937. Not by Mark Anthony, but by Rafael Hernández. An artist who you could say was like the bad bunny of his time. No, I'm kidding. I mean, they're very different people from very different times. But they do have some things in common. Two Puerto Rican icons, both hugely influential, beloved everywhere, who use their Puerto Ricanness to shine. They're both uncompromising. The more I learn about Hernandez's genius and the different places he shows up in music history, the more I feel that swell of pride, like when your cousin takes the stage. Like he was there at the birth of what would later become jazz, though a lot of people don't know that part of the story. Rafael, an incredible musician lost to the dust of time. Bobby Sanabria is a multi-Grammy-nominated percussionist and an educator. He says Rafael Hernández was a musical polymath. He wrote pieces for symphonic orchestra, for chamber ensembles, string quartets. He was a supreme musician. And he could play several instruments. Violin, piano, cello, the trombone, even something called a bombardino. It's a small concert tuba. He grew up in Aguadilla at the turn of the century and then moved to San Juan to play in a municipal marching band. We used to have a lot of those. What did people do for recreation, entertainment? You go to the plaza and hear these bands. 
Elena Martinez is with the Bronx Music Heritage Center and is married to Bobby. So around this time, when Hernandez was in these bands, World War I was raging in Europe. President Wilson signed the declaration of war on April 6th, and America's manhood was drafted. A lot of men are enlisting, including a lot of African-American soldiers, who sign up believing that it would change how they were perceived in a very segregated United States. In New York, there was this all-black regiment led by a white commander who was really into music. He loved music, and he wanted to create a really incredible regimental band. And he already had this big star, the composer and band leader James Reese Europe. James Reese Europe, the most popular black band leader of the time. So the commander starts to recruit to get more of the best of the best. So he's looking into the scene that he plays with, all the musicians locally. But he just realizes that um, he needs work on the clarinet section. The clarinet section needs some work, and he needs a really, as soon as possible, where can I get, like, really great clarinet players? So he goes to Puerto Rico. Wait, so he's like, where do I get clarinet players? I have to go to Puerto Rico? Well, yeah, everyone everyone asked, why does he go to Puerto Rico? Why Puerto Rico? You know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of Black musicians on the scene there. And they have citizenship. One of those Black musicians was Rafael Hernández. He and 17 other Puerto Ricans sign up. So of the 44 members of the regimental band who go to Europe, nearly half of them are Boricua. They're sent to France as part of the 369th Infantry Regiment. Which became later known as the Harlem Hellfighters. Hellfighters, possibly named by the Germans out of fear. They spend longer in the trenches than any other unit and are awarded lots of honors. But a big thing about them was their band. It played a new kind of music, one that was just taking shape. What today we call jazz. This band, made up largely of Black Puerto Ricans, is seen by historians as being an essential part of the creation of the great American art form. Every jazz festival that exists, every jazz club that exists, every jazz musician that has come from Europe exists because of the monumental performances that this military band did. If that band didn't have those musicians from the island, it wouldn't have sounded the way it did. I think there's two things going on in, in, that come out in the Hellfighter story. For one thing, there's the shared experience of this segregated regiment, the racism that they all faced. And also... Colonialism comes out, right? Why are we good in everyone else's music? Not only are we good, we excel in everyone else's music. Elena and Bobby say that's true of Puerto Rican excellence with jazz, or with Cuban rhythms, or with hip-hop. When you live on the margins, you have to know a lot of other, other things to survive. And I think Puerto Ricans have done that very well. They've been able to reach out from the margins and learn and, and survive and thrive in, in places that they need to. And that's just the beginning of Rafael Hernández's story. He keeps popping up all over the place. After the war, he came back to the U.S. with the Hellfighters and stuck around Harlem to play jazz. He spent a while in Mexico. You can catch him in films from that golden age of Mexican cinema right there with Cantinflas. Hernández composed many of his most famous songs while living in Mexico. 
including El Cumbanchero, Ahora Seremos Felices, and Perfume de Gardenias. Perfume de Gardenia. Throughout his life, he wrote literally thousands of songs. You're talking about a person that became not only Puerto Rico's greatest composer, but Latin America's most beloved composer after the war. And his songs were so, so, so specifically Boricua. Like Bad Bunny does today, he was using Puerto Rican language to tell Puerto Rican stories and reached a huge audience. And he didn't just do it with Preciosa. Take another one of his songs, Lamento Borincano, literally has Puerto Rican in the title and centers on a very Puerto Rican word, jibarito, a loving term for someone from the mountains. And yet, that didn't stop its popularity. You know who's covered this song? Everyone. Brazil's Caetano Veloso. Argentina's Facundo Cabral. Victor Jara from Chile. Even the great Chabela Vargas. But back to Preciosa, this anthem to loving Puerto Rico, but specifically to loving it from afar, because Rafael Hernández wrote it in Mexico. It's about yearning to return, and it has this nostalgic energy. In fact, many of our most famous anthems are exactly like this, infused with the longing that comes with displacement and diaspora. That gives them this quality of gauziness, because when you aren't in Puerto Rico, you tend to remember it with rose-colored glasses. When I miss a place, I don't think about the power outages that can make life impossible there. And there's something else that today sounds off in Preciosa, the way Rafael Hernández depicts race in Puerto Rico. In the lyrics, he praises two groups. We get the nobility of the Spaniard. And the bravery of the Taíno. There's no mention of African roots in Puerto Rico at all. Very cringy. Hernández was Afro-Boricua himself, but there appears to have been no room to praise blackness in the 1930s Puerto Rico that Preciosa describes. But in another line of the song, he erases nothing. Tucked in behind the glimmering waves is a dagger of a line about the United States. No importa el tirano te trate con negra maldad. You'll be beautiful even if the tyrant treats you with black malice. It's such a pointed critique of the United States. And that leads to a story. There's this moment in the early 1950s when the Puerto Rican government needed a new national anthem. There's a rumor that Luis Muñoz Marín, the first elected governor, was really into Preciosa for the anthem. Juan Otero, a musicologist, told us about it. The lyric that says that no importa el tirano, te trate con negra maldad. It doesn't matter that the tyrant eh, eh, treat you bad, no? The governor wanted to swap tyrant for destiny, destino. It doesn't matter if destiny treats you badly. Uh, but Hernández refused. Tyrant stays in. Uncompromising, like Bad Bunny. 
And so we ended up with La Borinquena as our official anthem, which, let me tell you, not as great. It's a song in which Columbus shows up in a conveniently unpopulated landscape and exclaims, Oh, 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 this right here is the beautiful land I've been looking for. It is the daughter of the sea and the sun. It's all very colonial. So much so that there's another pro-independence version of the anthem that tells Boricuas to wake up already, grab their machetes, and fight for liberty. If Columbus showed up here, his OOOs may have been screams. El ruido de cañón, nosotros queremos la libertad. Nuestro machete nos la dará. It's not surprising that a national anthem for a colony would be so fraught. Patriotism hits different when you're non-sovereign. Meanwhile, the song we all seem to be able to agree on, the song people sing when they can't hold back, is Preciosa. It has just enough bite and still plenty of pride. Coming up, drawing a line from the Bad Bunny of the 1930s to actual Bad Bunny. Stay with us. And I am Jose from Balloon. And you are listening to La Brega. We're back with La Brega, a show with a name we need to define, because it's not a word people really use anywhere else but in Puerto Rico. When I hear or use La Brega, I'm referring to the struggle. The struggle. Lucha. Viene del hustle. Grinding. You know what it means. You need to do it. <laughs> Bad Bunny doesn't explain anything in his lyrics, just like Rafael Hernández didn't explain Jibarito or Borinquen, and people liked his music anyway. Listening to Benito is like doing a word puzzle for Puerto Ricanisms, spotting la pichaera, the bichotes and piquetes, even la bellaquera. Hey, hey. There's all this Puerto Rican slang making its way around the world. Does everyone know what they're singing? No. Is it sometimes really dirty? Yes. Is it kind of fun anyway? Also, yes. Preciosa may be the unofficial anthem, but there are a couple of Benito songs that could fit the bill, too. And I think, because he is writing from the island at this particularly difficult time, they strike a different note. 
Many older songs, like Preciosa or Soñando con Puerto Rico, are about this idealized, gauzy memory of home, where everything is perfect and breezes caress your face. There's no austerity policy in these songs, no potholes or blackouts. But there are potholes and blackouts in Bad Bunny's Puerto Rico. This is Estamos Bien, We're Good, said in the same tone as Aquí, Bregando. It came out the year after Hurricane Maria. Give it up for Bad Bunny! He introduced it during his debut on Jimmy Fallon, one of the few examples of Benito speaking English. He used his appearance to underscore both the urgency of the situation and the sense that life has to keep going. After one year of the hurricane, there's still people without electricity on their homes. More than 3,000 people die and Trump is still in denial. But you know what? And the potholes are there again in El Apagón, which means the blackout. Tucked in after an unexpectedly tender line about a kiss for your abuela, the bitter mixed with the sweet. There are things Bad Bunny has said and sung that I don't agree with. He's often held up as a kind of saint, literally San Benito, and nobody deserves that pedestal. But there are things I really admire. When I hear him sing about Puerto Rico's failed energy grid in packed arenas, it's not just a form of protest. I think it's a kind of honest love. Like, this place is not okay, but it's still preciosa. When Benito and fans all over the world scream Puerto Rico está bien cabrón at the top of their lungs, the whole world is screaming about La Brega. Because, as you know, está bien cabrón can mean it's amazing, and it can also mean it's so hard and it's so difficult. Bianca Grolo is an independent journalist based in Camuy. We drive to the beach and we see this amazing paradise and we're like, Puerto Rico está cabrón. And then we have another power outage and we're like, Puerto Rico está cabrón, because it's so hard to live here, you know? So I just think, again, it's just hard for that to not resonate with people living here. In September, Benito put out a music video for the song El Apagón and did something highly unusual. Baked into the video is an 18-minute mini-documentary about gentrification in PR, reported by Bianca. Están quienes llegan con ventajas y beneficios. Y están quienes llevan aquí toda una vida. Y ahora sienten que les quieren sacar. She explained how people from the states are taking advantage of tax benefits and displacing Boricuas all over the archipelago. How Puerto Ricans feel like what belongs to them is being taken away. She focused on one particular neighborhood called Puerta de Tierra. Outside investors have bought up residential buildings there, evicting residents and turning the apartments into Airbnbs for tourists. And not only that. The school in Puerta de Tierra was shut down. And once that building was empty, the government sold it to an investor who is now turning it into luxury apartments with an ocean view. So two examples of people feeling like they're being pushed out. El Apagón ends with this defiant verse. I don't want to leave here. They should go. 
But even a song about staying is about the possibility of leaving. That choice, a choice so many of our families have made over the generations and continue to make now, hangs over everything we do. It's in Bad Bunny just as much as it's in Rafael Hernández. It's in our reggaeton just as much as in saccharine anthems from Puerto Rico's past. Maybe this Bad Bunny and Rafael Hernández comparison is a little much. They're a century apart, writing from different places, and only one of them sings frequently about oral sex. But both of them tie this little island to all the other islands, carry us to other shores, and make me feel somehow bigger. And maybe you as well. Bianca noticed the resonance after the video for El Apagón came out. I've gotten so many messages and so many interview requests from countries, especially in Latin America, saying, you know, we saw ourselves in that story. Even though we're not Puerto Rican, we have those same issues here. If you look at the comments on YouTube, there are declarations of solidarity from all over Latin America. Soy mexicana. From Chile. Soy colombiana. Soy peruano y admiro todo lo que haces por tu país. Costa Rica camina mano a mano con todo. Y este documental me conmocionó hasta las lágrimas. I'm Salvadoran, but this... This made me cry. The idea that you can't live where you're from, that your government isn't working for you, it's for the powerful, and that you get squeezed out, we all get it. I send you strength to continue fighting. No dejen que les quiten sus tierras ni que los traten de ignorantes. Soy de Cuba. Es tan triste que pasen tantos años y aún sigamos en lo mismo. Y qué dolor, la verdad, ver y escuchar lo que está pasando. I don't think any other artist defends their country the way you do. Fuerza a todos mis hermanos y hermanas de Puerto Rico. Dios los bendiga. So this season on La Brega, we're going to celebrate that power. The way that, whether it's Preciosa or El Apagón, there are deep lessons woven into our songs. Lessons that resonate across borders. Lessons that serve us and sometimes hold us back. Lessons that push us and ask us to imagine more. You get it. There's always more to our music than meets the ear. Sometimes to do a lot of work, you got to speak all the languages. Tarea bien cute, bien cute, bien cute. <laughs> this is what I'm all about, dude. Un Puerto Rico de ensueño. It's the classic. Gets all the tias moving. La lucha sigue, pero no es una lucha triste. Yeah, this persona being a malo, right? They just strike a chord in your heart, and they make you want to just book the next flight home. I'm Alana Casanova-Burgess, and this is La Brega. The Puerto Rican Experience in Eight Songs. This was track one, Preciosa. And not only are we going to talk about the music, we're going to reimagine it too. We called up some of our favorite Puerto Rican artists making music today, and we gave them a challenge. What would you do with these classic anthems? And so we're going to put out an album of these amazing covers. Now, it's not going to come out until the end of the season, but We've got a preview for you. Here is Preciosa, performed by Zenia Rubinos. Preciosa, te llaman las olas del mar que te baña. Everything about this song says Puerto Rico. The melody, the lyrics, it is Puerto Rico. And I'm thinking a lot about my family and being the daughter of a Puerto Rican woman, but being born here in the States being far away from a home that you never knew, but that at the same time is very much yours. 
the full La Brega cover album, including Senia's cover of Preciosa, will be available in March, wherever you stream music. This episode was written by me, Alana Casanova-Burgess. It was edited by Marlon Bishop and produced by Joaquin Cutler with help from Tasha Sandoval. Original art for this episode is by Rosaura Rodriguez. Special thanks this week to Yarimar Bonilla and Tracy Hunt and to Eduardo Maisonet, the singer known as Maiso. The La Brega team includes Ginny Montalvo, Ezequiel Rodriguez-Andino, Joaquin Cutler, Liliana Ruiz, Tasha Sandoval, Mark Pagan, Maria Garcia, Victor Ramos Rosado, Juan Diego Rivera, Marlon Bishop, and Jenny Lawton. Fact-checking this season is by Istra Pacheco and Maria Soledad. Our engineer is Joe Plord. Our theme song is by Ife. Original music is by Balloon. You can hear all the music featured in this episode and this season on our Spotify playlist. We've got a link in our show notes. And don't forget to tap the heart to save it to your library because we'll be adding to it each week. This season of La Brega was made possible by the Mellon Foundation. Join us next time for track two, El Gran Barón. Bye. Bye.